This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where lawmakers are returning to the Capitol for more than two dozen committee hearings this week. COVID and a multi-billion dollar hole in the budget are the big concerns. The governor travels to Bay County to check out a faith-based vaccination center that reaches out to seniors by going through their pastors and ministers. We really believe making sure these vaccines are getting into all segments of communities is important, and we think working with our houses of worship uh, is one way that you can do that. Ron DeSantis is also counting on Publix to fight the virus. After a vaccination pilot program at grocery stores in three central Florida counties, the governor is ready to expand. We started with Marion, Hernando, and Citrus counties, and I can tell you they're doing a fantastic job. All the seniors I talked to are really thrilled with it. We'll be making another announcement this week uh, about expanding that footprint. Seniors now have first shot of the vaccine in Florida, but the governor still will not say who is next in line. And teachers, well, let's just say they're getting antsy. As the governor tries to speed up the vaccination process, the winter surge of COVID continues with more than 12,000 new cases and 111 new fatalities reported over the past 24 hours in Florida. Florida Democrats have picked former Miami Mayor Manny Diaz to take over as chairman of the state party, replacing Terry Rizzo after the GOP cleaned their clock in 2020. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the stories of two Florida men. One tried to hide with the trash, the other is facing federal charges after Wednesday's riot at the U.S. Capitol. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, January 11th. It was on this date in 1964 that the U.S. Surgeon General issued the very first government report warning that smoking may be hazardous to your health. It's also National Fourth Graders Day, National Girl Hug Boy Day, and National Clean Your Desk Day. Another sad weekend for COVID casualties. The Department of Health reporting 250 more fatalities Saturday and Sunday. Florida's overall death toll has reached 23,261. That's just the official number. The CDC says it could be a lot higher. The state also reported more than 12,000 new cases of the virus Sunday. The total number of known cases is 1,477,000. And at the rate we're going, that number will exceed 1.5 million in Florida in a couple of days. State Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed tees off on the governor. Her political action committee sent an email over the weekend saying this pandemic is not over, that the governor's response to the pandemic and the vaccine rollout has been shameful, and that he needs to step up and do his job or step aside. A report from the White House COVID-19 Task Force says Florida is in full pandemic resurgence and must increase mitigation to slow the spread and save lives. However, the governor has already announced there will not be any more lockdowns, school closings, or mandatory mask rules as long as he's in charge. The bright spot in Florida's COVID crisis is that the pace of vaccinations is accelerating after a slow start. Governor DeSantis was at the Lynn Haven Senior Center Sunday to promote faith-based vaccination sites, where the state, local governments, and area churches team up to deliver shots to the older members of the flock. This is one uh, site that's, that's going to be replicated throughout the states in, in a number of different areas. Uh, but we really believe making sure these vaccines are getting into all segments of communities is important. And we think working with our houses of worship uh, is one way that you can do that. So we had started doing one in Pensacola uh, last Sunday, uh, was very successful. And so today 
You're going to see seven of these sites uh, working today in conjunction with, uh, with places of worship, uh, many of them with uh, predominantly African-American churches. So we have here in Lynn Haven, we also have Tallahassee, Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale, St. Lucie, Tampa, and Jacksonville. So we're really excited about it. I want to commend the folks here in Bay County, Lynn Haven, all the churches getting together. They've done it really, really well. It's, uh, it's going well. People seem like they're really excited. And we have 50 different houses of worship that are participating uh, in this who are from around the area. So this is a lot of teamwork. Uh, it was the state providing resources. It was the city and the county working with all the churches uh, to make it happen. And so they designated each church certain amount of times to receive. Uh, and then the pastors would work to be able to bring some of the senior citizens uh, for those particular times. Uh, so we have a whole number, a whole bunch of churches here, and uh, we're really excited to do that. And they're going to do 500 vaccinations uh, here today. They got a great system in there. You're going to be able to see a, a demonstration here in a second. Uh, but this is really exciting, and we're going to continue to do it. Uh, if you look this week, you look at some of the numbers already, and they constantly get updated because they're not updated always every 24 hours. Um, you know, we're doing 50, 60,000 uh, shots throughout the state of Florida. And we have throughput to do much more, and we're trying to get more uh, vaccines. So we're excited about the progress. The governor also released a video over the weekend to talk about vaccinations. He wants more of them, and the state has already hired a bevy of nurses to work at the new centers. To assist with the administration of our new vaccination locations, I directed the Division of Emergency Management to hire 1,000 contract nurses to support our expanded footprint, which is now complete. These nurses will supplement the many personnel we already have in the field, including over 800 National Guardsmen who have been supporting our response to the pandemic since the beginning of the public health emergency. Also directed the state emergency response team to assume additional responsibilities regarding vaccines in Florida's long-term care facilities. Now, currently the vaccination of residents and staff in long-term care facilities included our assisted living facilities are handled by CVS and Walgreens pursuant to an agreement they have with the federal government. But we want and need to accelerate the pace. And so we are doing so by assisting these long-term care facility residents and staffs. Now, thanks to these efforts, we've been averaging more than 40,000 shots per day. And as we receive additional supply from the federal government, we will be prepared to increase that number. Demand for the vaccine is high. We know that there is no time to waste when it comes getting shots in arms. Those shots are still in short supply. So now that frontline health care workers have been vaccinated, the governor says they are reserved for senior citizens. Our priority is to provide vaccinations for 65 and up, our senior citizens. We're putting seniors first. Uh, we're doing it in a variety of ways. You see some of these big hospital systems are now starting to crank out a lot of vaccinations. We appreciate that. Uh, you also look at some of the county health departments working in their communities to get seniors vaccinated. You look at some of the drive-through sites that the state's uh, uh, supporting, as well as some of the locals all throughout the state of Florida. That is something that's been very convenient. And then our partnership with Publix. We started with Marion, Hernando, and Citrus Counties. And I can tell you they're doing a fantastic job. All the seniors I talked to are really thrilled with it. We'll be making another announcement this week uh, about expanding that footprint. Uh, so we're going to continue uh, with the momentum. Uh, but we've got about a quarter of a million seniors that have been reported 
for vaccination already. And you're going to see more reported uh, just on the reporting lag. And then obviously we're doing it more every, every day. So that's what it's about. It's about being there for our senior citizens. Uh, we're going to keep working hard until every senior who wants it uh, is able to get it. Uh, hopefully we're scheduled to get about 250,000 additional uh, vaccine shots, first doses next week. I would like to get more. I've asked if we could potentially get more. I can tell you with the throughput we have now, you know, we'll burn through that uh, without, without question. And we know who's doing it well. We know where to put the vaccine. We've been able to beta test a lot of different ways. Uh, and I think that uh, you're going to start to continue to see a lot, a lot of great progress. Rules are nice, but of course, we all know they don't apply to certain people. There have been reports of doctors, hospitals, and nursing homes offering vaccinations to wealthy donors or influential board members who shouldn't be getting them under the governor's guidelines. But DeSantis is reluctant to do anything about it. We want to focus on our criteria. I don't want people going outside. You know, we have nursing home staff, nursing home residents was the first. Um, some of the frontline healthcare workers and then 65 and plus. And that's really where it's gotta be. Um, you know, going around that is not what we're looking for. You know, I don't know about necessarily penalties or what. I mean, I think if someone's not doing it right and they're not following what we want, then obviously we can distribute vaccine to other places um, instead uh, as we go forward. The big question now is who's on deck for the vaccine? Teachers have suggested they should be next in line because the governor is forcing them back in classrooms and imposing new limits on virtual instruction. But when DeSantis was asked if teachers should be next, he went on for two minutes without actually answering the question. Obviously, I mean, you're going to have a lot of folks to be in that next cadre for sure. Um, but, you know, by us putting seniors first, uh, we're doing the right thing by our parents and grandparents. Uh, it's the morally right thing to do, but it's also the medically right thing to do. It's based on the data. The fact of the matter is this virus has been more deadly to people who are elderly than the people who are young or middle aged. And so by focusing on 65 and plus, that is the best thing we can do uh, to reduce both morbidity and mortality uh, from the coronavirus. And so it's not saying that anyone's more important, quote unquote, than others. It's just simply saying um, we've got to stand by our elderly folks. If this were something that were attacking young people uh, at the same level and not elderly as much, then we would focus in a different direction. But we understand the data. We understand where the risk is. And we're going to make sure that we're putting seniors first. Now, I hope that as we have new vaccines available, such as the Johnson & Johnson, we're waiting for that in terms of their the clinical trial data. And then if they file for emergency use authorization, that could happen within the next four to six weeks. And that is a one dose vaccine. You don't got to put it in the freezer like you do the Pfizer or even the Moderna. Uh, and that can be widely, I think, distributed. So that would be the easiest thing for a lot of people in the workforce. So we're going to continue putting seniors first. There's way more demand from seniors than there's been supply so far. That will start to change. I mean, as the supply comes in and more people get vaccinated, uh, you're going to start to see uh, that become a little bit uh, more, uh, I guess, a little bit better equilibrium there. And then at that point, we can start uh, looking for folks, um, you know, who want to get it. And I'm confident that if we do get something like Jackson, Johnson Johnson, we're going to have a lot of that. They produced 100 million doses and all you need is one dose. So you get that out in a society and I'm confident people are going to be able to have access to this. But but we are putting seniors first. 
We're going to be there for our parents. We're going to be there for our grandparents. And that will do more than anything else we can do uh, to reduce mortality and change the scope of, of how this virus uh, uh, behaves in the state of Florida. A personal note here, my sister Kim teaches fourth graders in the suburbs of Denver, and even though they are not on the upper tier in the vaccination hierarchy of Colorado, the teachers in her school already know when they'll be getting their shots. Kim has to wait another month or so, but at least she knows. Florida teachers deserve no less. Frankly, it's time for the governor to get a bit more transparent about where we go from here. And to the state lawmakers flocking to Tallahassee for their first week of committee hearings for the 2021 legislative session. 32 committee meetings are scheduled over the next four days, and COVID will dominate just about everything. The virus has killed more than 23,000 people in Florida, created a multi-billion dollar hole in the budget, and threatens the very foundations of the state economy. Two newly created COVID committees are holding their first meetings this week. The state Surgeon General Scott Rivkes is scheduled to address the Senate Select Committee on Pandemic Preparedness and Response on Thursday. Now, the House Pandemics and Public Emergencies Committee meets the very same day. They'll hear from Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz about the COVID-19 vaccination planning and implementation. The House Committee will also take up a bill that prohibits a person from making a false statement or disseminating misleading information regarding the availability of a vaccine for COVID-19 or, frankly, any other pandemic disease. Apparently in Florida, internet pages posing as the Pasco and Pinellas County Health Departments have been charging money for fake vaccination appointments. Scammers also tried to obtain credit card information in return for a vaccine appointment by intercepting calls that were made to the Lee County Health Department. Frankly, lawmakers can't do that much to protect you from the virus right now, but Republicans who run the House and Senate, well, they do want to immunize business from COVID liability lawsuits. The measure has support from the House Speaker and the Senate President, so let's just say the skids are greased on this one. The chair of the powerful Rules Committee, Senator Kathleen Pasadomo, has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not attend the Legislative Committee meetings this week. The Naples Republican alerted Senate President Wilton Simpson to her positive test in a letter sent to his office Sunday. She also shared the news on Twitter. Now, President Simpson tested positive last month, but has since recovered. Other members of the Senate who tested positive for coronavirus include Republicans Jennifer Bradley and Ray Rodriguez and Democrat Chevron Jones. After losing the Sunshine State in spectacular fashion back in November, Florida Democrats have selected former Miami Mayor Manny Diaz to take over as chairman of the state party. Republicans have controlled the governor's mansion and both chambers of the legislature for more than two decades, and they added to their majorities last year by picking up five seats in the House, one in the Senate, and two in Congress. Diaz was born in Cuba, served as mayor of Miami from 2001 to 2009, and remember, Miami-Dade is where Democrats suffered their greatest losses in the 2020 elections. Your calendar of events begins with Congresswoman Kathy Castor of Tampa joining healthcare and community leaders in a Zoom conference at 10 to outline coronavirus vaccine options for seniors. Senate and House Democrats are holding a Zoom press conference at 10 to talk about the governor's plan to crack down on protesters. They accuse Republicans of trying to curtail free speech and dissent. Florida Tax Watch is holding an online news conference at 11 to release reports about providing COVID-19 liability protections and Florida's economic recovery. Sarah Tweedy, the clinical operations head for vaccines at Pfizer, will discuss COVID-19 vaccines during an online meeting of the Forum Club at the Palm Beaches at noon. The Florida Senate holds a procedural briefing for committee chairs and vice chairs at 1, followed by a closed security briefing at 1.45. At 2.30, the Senate Environment and Natural Resources Committee will receive overviews of the State Office of Resilience and Coastal Protection and the Chief Resiliency Officer position. They'll also check out septic to sewer conversion efforts and implementation of the Clean Waterways Act of 2020. And the trustees at Tallahassee Community College are meeting at 2.30. 
A Florida man discovers you can run from the law, but it's hard to hide from that eye in the sky. Hillsborough County deputies spotted a stolen car Saturday, and the driver floored it, heading into a residential neighborhood and then hightailing it on foot until he found what appeared to be the perfect hiding place. What he did not know was that the sheriff's aviation unit was overhead the whole time, caught it on camera, and told the officers where they could find the suspect. Insert 911, Recycling Bin. You heard right, he was hiding in the recycling bin. The suspect was apprehended without further incident. And finally today, a Florida man whose image went viral after he was photographed stealing Speaker Nancy Pelosi's lectern from the House of Representatives during last week's riot at the Capitol, he's been arrested on a federal warrant and booked into the Pinellas County Jail. 36-year-old Adam Christian Johnson of Parrish is charged with one count of knowingly entering a restricted building without lawful authority, theft of government property, plus violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. By the way, the lectern, valued at more than $1,000, was found in the Red Corridor, of the U.S. Senate. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we continue to plumb the depths of Florida politics.